What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 7 to 14, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So yeah, I am in the thick of it, in the middle of the adventure of fatherhood, working daily to rebel against the low expectations set for fathers and working to create a world where fatherhood matters. Join me in my mission to change the world in a positive way through embracing our opportunity as fathers. I believe the role of the father is one to serve, guide, provide, protect, and have fun in the messiness of it. Today's guest is Rob Key, and I'm stoked for you to meet him. We discuss being in partnership with your spouse, designing the life you want, what it means to have a mentor and how to obtain and keep mentors in your life, and also what it means to have liberty. It's powerful stuff. If you enjoy it, please share it and please write a review on iTunes. It helps spread the word. Welcome to a new day for fatherhood. All right, welcome to another episode of Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes. I'm super pumped to be sitting down talking with Rob Key. What's up, Rob Key? How are you? What's up, brother? Good to catch up. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. I'm pumped to talk fatherhood with you. One of our mutual friends, Skylar Lewis, had connected us. Uh, he was on one of my earlier podcasts and said you were a killer dad and that we should talk fatherhood. Oh, definitely, dude. Skylar's a su- super dad in my eyes. So uh, it's a great connection, of course. Anybody we put together, keep a good network of guys around us. And, you know, he's, he's, he's a great guy. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, cool, man. I'm looking forward to getting to know you. I'm going to blast you with a few questions, one so I can just kind of see where you're at. And then also the dudes who are listening can gauge who I'm talking to right now. So where do you live? Right now I'm based in Houston, Texas. So I'm okay. a California kid from San Diego originally. Um, and, uh, we took this awesome opportunity with our company expanded out in Texas and we've been hanging out here for about the last six years or so. Okay. Nice. Right on. And then how many years have you been married? I've been married. This is year number six. Year number six. Okay. Yeah. Dope. And how many kids you guys have? Uh, we've got three kids making plans for number four. Oh yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'm a dad of three little girls and, uh, man, I, I need somebody on my team. So we're going for that boy. Oh yeah. There you go. I've got four girls and a boy. So <laughs> I got the one in there. Yeah. Right. By on the grace you. of God. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, we talked about it early on. We was, Hey man, so how many kids do you, how many kids do you want? And, uh, you know, it's funny. I always, I always joke around default of humor. Uh, my wife grew up LDS I'm Mexican. So I said, man, the combination of a Mexican and a Mormon, dude, we're going to have like 15 kids. <laughs> but uh, it's cool. We say, we, I said, as long as if I can get a boy and I can get a girl, man, I can call it even. Right. And, yeah. uh, and so far, man, these, these beautiful little girls, when I, when I told my mentors early on, I said, uh, I want to grow up to be really wildly successful, surrounded by beautiful women. This isn't entirely what I meant, but uh, it definitely it definitely fills me up. So these guys are awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, right on, right on. And then how old are you? Um, I'm 36, about to, to turn 37. Okay, right on, yeah. right on. Um, all right, and then what do you do for a living? So my wife and I, we uh, we own a financial services company, um, kind of a non-traditional sense. 
Uh, people are losing money left and right, and we basically keep people from losing money. Our primary market, we work in uh, public schools, so we help teachers protect their retirement, life insurance, finances, college funds, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, uh, and then we have a few creative projects, uh, you know, on the side. So of course, yeah. um, hairdresser to dang near anybody. So I used to be a hairdresser in Hollywood, Beverly Hills. And now at this point it's just, I travel to go see clients. Um, I've got, you know, certain, certain clients that I've just kept over the years and new ones that I pick up, uh, That's we're getting fine. ready to open a dance studio here pretty soon. So, uh, you know, anything that we can do to keep busy and, and, you know, stay creative. Yeah, you got to be in that uh, creative chaos. That's kind of like where I like to sit. You know, exactly. I have the idea that I don't like chaos and want to get out of it. But really, if it was gone, I would just find more. Exactly. So, that's, that's, yeah. that's where the creativity comes from is derives from chaos. If there's no chaos, well, you and I will we'll go nuts. We'll go nuts. Yeah, that's the, the heart of the entrepreneur right there. Um, as you think about being a father to three girls and still growing your family, what has been one of the best resources to you, whether it's a book or a person, you know, as other dudes are listening to just to kind of what, what should they be looking for? What are good resources? You know, the biggest resource to me is actually, uh, is other examples of great families, mm. you know, as I, as I take a heck of a lot of inspiration from, from um, what I call uh, my personal mentor. So I'm not mentored by one guy. I'm actually mentored by several. So Skyler is actually one of them, right? Is, is what's an example of somebody that I admire as a dad, right? Somebody yeah. who sets a great example, spends time, makes the time to, to be with their family, pours into their kids, has a lot of fun, isn't afraid to embarrass themselves. So for me, the biggest resource is really having examples of who I believe are good husbands, good fathers, good businessmen, good mentors, people that give back, and and every single guy that I've kind of uh, placed in those arenas. Each one of them contributes to to my development uh, by a different means, by a different channel. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to dig more into the mentors in a little bit. So, so really looking to people has been a great resource to you, great families, and, and we'll dig into that a bit more. But I think that's so critical that, you know, sometimes we're looking for that blog post or the podcast, you know, like what we're doing right now. And those are great tools, but that day in and day out consistency to see like, who are these people, where are they headed, what are they doing, and how do I mimic that? And that's really yeah. the beauty of a mentor. Yeah. And I think it, where it where stemmed from was that uh, my dad passed away when I was a little kid. Oh, wow. So growing up, my father figure was my mom. My father mm. figure was my oldest sister. My father figure was my older brother. Right. So I didn't know what it was like playing catch with dad, coming home to dad, right. waiting for dad to come home from work. I don't I didn't know what any of that was. Right. So. So coming up um, as a kid, it was where I struggled was having that direction of, you know, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a husband? What does it mean to be uh, in integrity or out of it or things like that? So really where it came to is I had to look outside of my immediate, you know, circle uh, to find those examples. And, you know, of course, yeah. so many times you hear people with a similar story and then they, it's like the excuse of why they're kind of a deadbeat or not engaged with their kids. So what is the thing that triggered you or made you want to have, I mean, not that you didn't have a good relationship with your dad. He just wasn't there. Right. It's, yeah. it's not like he was in and out or was a, a D bag or something like that. He just wasn't there. Yeah. So 
instead of using that as a crutch to like why I'm not good at this thing, what is it that made you want to be good at it or embrace not, it? Not wanting to be a D bag. <laughs> so the reality of it was is is the duality still the same, right? Is is we get to make at some point we get confronted with that decision. Do mm -hmm. I want to step into my power and step into my greatness and step into this role? Or do I go the easy route and avoid the responsibility, avoid the role, use a lame excuse to say, "Why? well, man, I can't be a good dad because I'm really busy and I got stuff to do and I got more important things and I don't want to mess it up and I'll do more damage than I would. We, we have to, we end up hitting that crossroad eventually, right? So, yeah, but the cool thing is, is I mean, even you saying step into that greatness. So there's something in you that knows that the opportunity you have is like a gnarly opportunity that's it's significant but who's telling us that fatherhood is significant yeah and i think uh for me where it came from was i i know i know i know i know growing up i didn't want to be famous growing mm. up i didn't want to i didn't want to you know i didn't have any pictures of this grandeur when i grew up i knew i wanted to be a dad interesting right? so to want to be a father what really got me excited was thinking about like, man, what's, what's the stuff that I missed as a kid? Mm. Like, I want to be that awesome dad, like watching a, a, a grown man grab a kid's skateboard and show him how to do something gnarly. Like, man, I didn't know old guys could do that. Yeah, right? Right Or on. throwing the kid over the shoulders or things like that. There was something about it to me that I was like, man, like this is what I missed as a kid. And I just want to knock it out of the park for my kids and see what that experience was like from, if not from the child's perspective, to experience it as a child, as an adult, right? As, yeah. a, as a dad, from the yeah. dad side of things. So I think that's really something that, that really lit me up. And then kind of the backbone of it was, uh, of course, my, my faith and my testimony and growing up, knowing that, you know, we have a heavenly father that always provides, that's consistent, that's powerful, that's inspirational, that you know, and, and wanting to live up to that calling to say, Hey, if I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ and I want to live up to that example, man, this is, this is where it comes from is my calling is yeah. to become a father. My calling is to become a leader. My calling is to provide and nurture. And so it was a combination of all that, that really, that really lit a fire under my tail to, to, to live up to that, you know, man, that's so good. That leads me to my next question is when you think about the role of the father, what do you think the role of the father is? Uh, I think the biggest role of a father is, is to be consistent in love, mm. right? The most important Man. is to be consistent in love. Uh, I think there's, there's so many pressures and some, we got to go out, we got to provide and we got to go out and we got to work our, you know, break our backs to, to make, man, the most important thing hands, they, they, they don't care how much money you make. What they care about is, were you there, right? They don't mm. care about if I'm sad, if I'm broken, if I'm missing, if I'm this, if I, if I didn't live up to, you know, my homework or my schoolwork or my friends or whatever was dad there. Yeah. Right. Man, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool because I was, I was going to ask you what your definition of love was or like what you meant by it, but then you kind of really summed it up and were you there, mm. you know, were you present you know, and that word consistent is huge because I think sometimes as dudes, it's easy to check off a list, you know, like, I, I did the annual family vacation, 
you know, yeah. check it off. We did that. We did the, uh, we did the summer camp weekend or whatever, you know, we went to church on Sunday, maybe, you know, and that's I, my once a I, week thing. I you know? took you out for, you know, we have our once a month date and I took you out on yeah. a date so I can check out for the rest of the month. Yeah. I got, you know, exactly. Yeah, but it's that consistent day in day out. Were you there? And it doesn't have to be these like super highly intentional moments. It can just be really present and being there day in and day out with your kid, being yeah. aware of who they are and being in tune with them. Yeah, man, that's super good. So the role of the father consistent in love. Um, that's really good. Another thing that you had said before uh, we started recording was talking about um, the idea that you are a giant and that you want your kids to be able to stand on the shoulders of giants. And so that requires you really like maybe expand upon that a little bit. I'd like the dudes to hear you, you talk about that. Totally. So, I mean, we think about just in business, right? You're only as good as your team. You're only as good as the, the shoulders of the giants that you stand on. So if you go out and you work for somebody wimpy, a wimpy company, wimpy leadership, your results aren't going to be all that grand, right? So right. The goal there is, and this is something that the more I surround myself with people like Skyler, right, who, who are wanting to play at a bigger scale and says, man, I'm the biggest I can be. I got to find somebody bigger, right? You're in trouble mm -hmm. if you're the biggest shark in the room, right? Yep. So to surround yourself with bigger people and, and build upon their successes, we end up learning and, and living up to, you know, it's that whole, uh, your, your combination of the, your five closest people or what have you. Right. So I think as, as a father, our goal is, is to expand in every arena to our maximum capacity. And that's both uh, business and success. That's both personal development and growth. That's both, uh, that's, it includes being emotionally developed and emotional giant, right? Because what that allows us to do is to break down any barriers, any limitations, anything that held us back will no longer be uh, a hurdle that my kids have to jump through, mm. right? So if I become this massive thing, hey, time isn't an issue. Money in the, isn't an issue. Being emotionally available is not an issue, uh, you know, being uh, emotionally available is not an issue. So what do we end up teaching? Like, like as a, as a, as a traditional Mexican growing up, right. I knew my family loved me. I knew my mm -hmm. mom loved me without a shadow of a doubt. My siblings, we love each other. We never once said it, never mm -hmm. once said it. Right. But we knew it. It was more uncomfortable to say it than it was not to, because we knew it was a reality. Now, with my kids, I'll tell you, there's not I, – I don't go any other sentence without telling my kids that I love them. Yeah. Right? And it's one of those things that it took a heck of a lot of work, but guess what's not a hurdle for them? My little girl will wake up at 3 in the morning, hop in the bed before she closes her eyes again. She says, Daddy, I love you. Right? Daddy, I love you. That's the very first thing. That's the very last thing that comes out of my mouth. Dang, you're every sentence I tell my kids. So expanding beyond that and knowing – as an emotional giant, right? Like I just took off my motorcycle vest. I just got off my Harley. Like everything's blacked out, murdered out, the beard and the, you know, the whole deal. You could see me as this rough hooligan on the street. You know, dang near well, I'll jump off my bike and I'll braid my little girl's hair. Yeah. Uh, I will be the squishiest, warmest little 
you know, bear with my kids. And that, and what that is to me is standing on the shoulders of giants means for us as fathers that we get to overcome those things that held us back in the past, emotionally, physically, monetarily, you know, our successes. So that now when, when our kids become of age, and this is any age where they're starting to make their own little decisions and they're starting to set their own goals and set their own dreams, their dreams are limited to our personal limitations that we've inflicted on them, that we've taught them. They know restrictions on money because of parents. They know restrictions on emotional availability based on what our parents, as the, as the fathers, as what we teach them. They know limitations on their ability to dream. What's real? Get your head out of the clouds. That conversation is yeah. down by us as the fathers. When we don't have those and we break through those, guess what the kids don't have? There's no limitation. So now anything is possible, right? And there was uh, one of my favorite hip-hop artists, Common. There's, uh, there's a line that he said in one of his songs. He says, while white folk focus on dogs and yoga, my people on the low end trying to ball and get over, right? So what does that say is that there's a mentality that goes along with it. Well, why aren't people in poverty focused on successes and overcoming? Because all they're trying to worry about is how do I pay rent? How do I pay right. people that are thriving? Oh man, I got my dog. I got yoga, man. Nobody has time for yoga. Again, those are when we overcome that and we expand ourselves and we grow, that's the platform for our kids to launch into their freedom. And I didn't grow up lucrative. I didn't grow up in a, you know, rich. Yeah. So that's the question I was going to ask you is, you know, I love that comment. You know, the things that hold us back are also going to hold our kids back. Mm. So what's something that you have broken through that now you, your kids won't have to a poverty mindset, hands mm. down, hands down. The most, the biggest hand without question is a poverty mindset. So talk to me about that. Like, when did you break through that? How did you break through that? And then do you even need to teach your kids that, or is it just now the mindset you have, they're just going to naturally see because they've grown up around you. I think it's I think it's something that everybody eventually has to cross that uh, that path. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because you you could be you could be wealthy and still be in a poverty mindset. Right? Okay. Yeah. So I could never put it in words, but this is actually where I met Skyler and his wife uh, at a personal development course called PSI Seminars. Right? Okay. And uh, I was introduced to it. I resisted going to this class because I thought I made up my mind about what I thought it was, and it definitely wasn't what I thought it was. But for the first time ever, I heard put in words something that I've been feeling my entire life, right? So my good friend and mentor, uh, Cortland Warren, said one day, he said, um, growing up, there were two lines, two lines of people, the haves and the have-nots. I grew up in the have-not line, hmm. and all I've ever wanted to do my entire life was to switch lines, Right? And through the process of tearing myself apart, massive, massive, massive deal was getting into personal development, right? Thought it was self-help and this and that. When I really found somebody, the beginning of my journey started with reading a book. Uh, I was gifted from a photographer called Do You by Russell Simmons. That was my okay. introduction to personal development. That led into me going to PSI seminars. That led into me lead, uh, meeting uh, Skyler and his wife. Uh, and all the work that was put into the seminar what I got out of it was, was to buckle down, be honest with myself, 
where is it that I'm lacking? And it's spiritually, emotionally. And, and what I boiled it down to was this poverty mindset of hmm. uh, I'm a poor Mexican that was raised by a housekeeper who all my clothes was hand-me-downs. Uh, brother, I didn't realize until recently as a kid, I grew up in a in literally a little metal tool shed in the back of my grandparents' house. Like I that didn't hit me until just like uh, literally a couple months ago, right? And I was like, holy crap, I grew up in a metal shed. So all of that contributed to my mentality being I'm broke, I'm poor, I don't deserve opportunity, I'm not as good as the rest of them, the color hmm. of my skin. You know, I never fell in love with my skin until I finally left the country and went to Brazil. And that was the first time I fell in love with having dark skin. Wow. Right. So all the work that went into that personal development and overcoming that. And when I finally looked up after shoot five years, six years, seven years of doing personal development, I finally look up and I was like, Holy crap. I'm in the other line. Mm. I'm in the other line. Yeah. Skin color doesn't bother me. There is no point ever in my life that I can fear not making money, not bringing home an income, not being able to love my family and to be honest and to be in integrity and to not cheat my way into successes and to not cut corners. And I believe by by overcoming that, those I could leave those the the repercussions of that behavior are no longer showing up in my life. Right now I have the opposite. Yeah. I have successes. I have wealth that I'm building. I have trips that I take. I have phenomenal relationships that I'm surrounded by that my kids get to now take advantage of, right? And yeah, they don't, I think uh, they don't get to suffer from the same things that, that yeah, you know. Yeah, but the fact that you see it is it's not just about you leveling up yourself and just going. It's it's because of your role as a father. Right. And you said, you know, the things that you power through and you go figure out how to grow in that mindset, it's they held you back for a time. But now now we're all about progress. Right. All of us are in progress, but there's going to be different levels of things we have to get through. And the hope is that the life you set your kids up with some of the things they'll be they'll be struggling with something different. But the work you did set them up for a little bit more I don't success or, or a better foundation to start from, you know? Yeah. And I, I really see it when I, when I think about it, it's kind of like we're building up this platform, like a, like a high dive, mm. right? Is we're the ones putting the steps and putting in the work and putting in the construction that by the time it's our kids turn to leap, leap off of that platform at this point, guess what? My hands are free in the sense that, man, I gave you everything I, I, I possibly could, loved you the best that I could. But here's the reality of it. Man, what's crazy to believe is that while we have uh, parents that have been wildly successful, what happens to the kid? They turned out to be a complete dud. Why? Because all the stuff was handed to them. Right. Right? They didn't know the, the, the value of breaking your back for something and earning something and all this stuff. So it's, it's not, I'm not saying go out there and spoil your kid rotten. What I'm saying is that by the time you reach your peak of success, right? Again, emotionally is equally as valuable as monetarily or your career or what have you. It was by the time you reach that massive platform and your kids have been loved and provided for and poured into at that point is they have the freedom to jump in any direction they want. So mm. if they want to play mediocre, 
guess what? I've already healed myself to know you don't have to be a rock star to be valuable in my eyes. You have to be happy, right? I want you to be happy. And if being an artist makes you happy, if being an accountant makes you happy, if working in retail makes you happy, as long as I know that you are genuinely happy, that platform that we built for you to just, you get you get the choice to just be you and be fulfilled. Yeah. Right? What do you mean by happy? Like, what do you mean when you say happy? Man, how many of us aren't happy? Genuine. Yeah, so, like, yeah genuine. And what do you think? I mean, I, I kind of think of the word contentment and not, not to not still want to grow, but like you said, like an artist or whatever, like be what you feel you want to be and it's not about money or it's not about the status of it. Um, what content to me is I have a, of course now after personal development, I have associations with words. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I bring up the happy because I have association with that word is like, everybody wants to be happy. What does that mean? Yeah. So when we really define it, I mean, for me, uh, we talk about the difference between content complacent to me, I believe Mm. falls under the Mm -hmm. same department where it's like, you've just given up on it. You're like, Oh, Mm. I'm going to settle. I'm happy because I settled. Well, that to me is like, you've given up on attempting to fulfill your authentic self. Mm. Like what is it? If pressure wasn't there and people weren't there and money wasn't an issue and other people's expectations, like who would you be? What would you do? And what would, how would you be fulfilled? Yeah. Right. And that's where we get to a place where you could be wildly successful and still be completely unhappy because it wasn't about the money. It was about people pleasing. The people pleasing actually became a place of it wasn't about people pleasing. It was about me being validated. Right. Well, the issue is not money. It's not your career. It's about you being validated. And it's not about your validation from other people is you self-validating when you finally make your peace and be self-validated you will be happy, right? Mm. Happiness is, by my definition, is stepping into taking ownership of your authentic, true self and what fulfills you. Because I dig it. When you're complete, when you're complete and you are full, everything else falls in alignment. Your dollar could be big, could be small. Your career could be big, could be small. Your results could be big, could be small. It says, man, put me in a shack, put me in a beach house, put me in a mansion leave me in a tent on the water. I will be absolutely fulfilled as long as my kids and my wife are there. Yes. That's super good. All right, man. Um, this podcast is called fatherhood field notes and we're doing it right now where you're just opening up your field notes, sharing what you're passionate about, sharing about your life. And the mantra behind it is rebel and create. And it could be as simple as I'm rebelling against, you know, being on the phone while I'm driving my kids to school so that I can create engaged conversations while I'm taking them to school. Or it could be something as big as I'm rebelling against a a poverty mindset so that I can create a mindset of whatever it is, you know, a fulfillment mindset. So what is something that you are rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that? So the biggest thing that I believe I'm rebelling against is the casual father. Mm. Right. Mm. That's good. The the casual father in the sense that I'm a dad when it's convenient. I'm a dad when it fits my schedule. I'm a dad when I've got the energy and I'm a dad when I've got the bandwidth uh, versus man, it's game on all the time. Being a causal father, right? Is I work 
that by the time I put work down, I'm not energy drained is this is when I've got to turn it up, right? Yep. I don't come home to kick my feet up and do it. No, I got, man, I got to gear it up because as soon as I pull in the driveway, the girls want a motorcycle ride. We're going on bike rides. We're jumping in the pool, you know, and, and I believe that that's really what I'm, what I'm rebelling against and, and, and going against the grain is, man, I don't want to be a casual dad. I want to be a causal father to my kids, a causal husband to my wife, a causal uh, friend to, uh, to all of our closest friends and, you know, people that really light, lift us up and light us up is, is we want to be causal as not casual. Yeah, man. That's so good. So it's like you, you are working to create, really create the life that you want, right? It's not, you're not just going to be passive and let it happen to you. You're looking in the future, you're looking in the past and you're saying, who do I want to be today? And how am I going to continue to grow that guy tomorrow? I mean, that's really what you're creating is your own definition. Exactly. And that's, and that's one of the things that, 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 you know, as opposed to life happening to us, we're happening to it yeah. is, is really taking the time out to say, man, if, if none of the traditional rules mattered and none of the traditional roles applied to me, what kind of dad would I want to be? Do I want to be the old frumpy pissy guy? That's just always, you suck and you're tired and you're grumpy, or are you going to be the dad that's like, you know, 50, 60 years old, still ripping on a surfboard. And like my, my father-in-law, right. He's, they call him Mr. Gnarly. The guy's 60 years old, ripping motorcycles, uh, you know, water skiing. I mean, the guy, the guy will jump in there and dominate with, with the best of them. I mean, that's awesome. That's half their age. So Dang, that's you know, what I want to be for sure. Yeah. So being proactive about, you know, who, who is it that you want to be and how do you want to show up? You know, man, that's cool. Really cool. Well, there's two additional things I want to talk about. And the first one is mentors. You've mentioned it a few times, but talk to me about, you know, why mentors are important to you. When did it become important? When do you realize the value and what does that look like in your kind of rhythm of life? Cool. So mentors are definitely a huge, uh, huge thing for me. Um, I don't know if, did you ever see that movie Gran Torino? Yeah. Okay. So my first mentor was exactly like the relationship in Gran Torino, the old guy and the, the little kid that was the neighbor, right? Everybody was scared to death of this guy. He was an old, super successful, multimillionaire uh, guy. And uh, I mean, he built a house. It was like a $10 million house. One of his bathrooms had all these like design awards. Just this gnarly intense guy, right? And uh, he never called me by my first name. He always called me Yahoo. Hey, Yahoo, come here. We got to get to work. Hey, Yahoo, come on, pick up the pace. Old guy, used to be a former uh, bodybuilder and stuff. So the guy was just ripped. Anyways, man, so uh, so this guy, as hard as he was with me, I've never had somebody step in. He was like the first kind of father hmm. uh, embodiment, I guess, if you will. Like a guy that was a hard ass, but that built me up and he left me better than he found me, right? Hmm. And what I learned from the guy was that, man, like, there is so much I don't know. And there are so many different ways that I, I didn't think of approaching fatherhood, right? Approaching, uh, you know, being a husband, being in a relationship, right? So what was really cool is he opened my eyes to look around me to see, well, who else is it that's doing something cool? And uh, there was one guy, he was actually uh, the guy who introduced me to my wife, my best friend, G. Madison his older brother, Rick Robbins. 
uh, he embodied what it meant to be a faithful husband, a phenomenal father, wildly successful in business. And uh, we followed him up until his unfortunate passing. And, uh, and when he passed away, it was kind of like everything was wiped clean. And I'd, I lacked direction, I lacked inspiration, I lacked a shoulder to cry on, I, I lacked a place to seek advice. And when I prayed about it, he showed up and he said, man, I'm not the only one, mm. right? Like, look at Brett Moore, look at Skylar Lewis, right? Look at Joe Rizzo, look at, I mean, and we went just down the line of all these guys that just embodied what I believe is, is, is a dream dad, right? But each one of them brought something different to the table, right? Because even when some of these guys that I, I consider wildly successful, I would follow them in business. I would not follow them as a husband, as a father, right? Right. So it's like, you don't have to just throw somebody out because of a, maybe one area. I mean, obviously you're looking for dudes with integrity, but you could see somebody who's killing it at fatherhood or killing it at business and just go and learn from them in that area. In that specific area. Exactly. Yeah. Cause yep. I think where, where I started giving up and I started losing hope was I couldn't find my dream guy. Mm. Right? Like this yeah. is my dude. Like after Rick Robbins passed away, after DH passed away, it was, these guys were like the full package, right? right. They were, they were cool. They were successful. They, you know, made this stuff happen. Uh, but after they passed away, I'm, I was at a loss. I was like, man. And I remember reaching out to a, a bunch of people. I said, guys, I'm looking for a mentor. I literally went through my friends. I went on Facebook. I went to all the close. I said, guys, I'm looking for a mentor. I want them to be this. I want them to be that. It's like, guys, all the responses I got back. Oh, brother, that's you. Oh, you don't mm. need that. Oh, you can't find that kind of guy. Like you might find this piece or that piece. And it was just so disappointing to me. It was such yeah. a huge letdown that you can I couldn't find it all in one package. So what was the next best thing? Is I was like, well, who are the guys that thrive in those specific areas? Brett Moore thrives in in fun and liberty, right? Joe Rizzo in faith, Skylar Lewis in the dynamic inside of his family, right? And play big both at home and play big at work, right? And so the culmination of all these guys to be able to say, well, shoot, man, Skyler's not as tall as I would want to be, but I don't go to him for right, height. Right, right. I go to him for heart, right? Um, and, you know, all the rest of my guys. So, so really uh, when, when I got clear that it doesn't have to come from one source, man, that, the list got long and it got yeah, deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super was really good. Cool. Yeah. Man, so good. So how do you approach a mentor? What would you suggest if a dude's like, man, I have never done this before? How would you suggest somebody approach a mentor? So, like what would they uh, ask for? So, the I'll tell you that the last guy that I reached out uh, to be a mentor of mine, mm -hmm. it was, and I'll tell you, it's kind of like asking a girl out on a date. Yeah, is <laughs> uh, you can you could you could grow a pair and walk right up to him and say, hey, me, you, we're going on a date, not because I want to you know go out and see where it's going. It's like, no, I want to date you. And that's exactly actually how I asked my wife out. I said, look, Thursday night, we're going on a date. This isn't I want to be friends. This is I want to date you. So are you in, right? You could be that bold. Or you could softly, sweetly introduce the conversation, right? So, uh, hey, Ned, man, uh, I'm working on a lot of personal stuff, man. I really, I'm, I'm working on getting better. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better husband. 
I want to be a better businessman. And every time I look up, brother, I see you're just killing it and you're happy, you're fulfilled, you, you're, you're making something happen. And I wanted to ask you if we could carve some time out, me and you, that I could just pick your brain about some of this stuff. Like, how are you doing it? Like, what, what is it that works in your dynamic and how are you creating this in your life? Because brother, I want that. What you've got, I want to have in my life. I can't for the life of me figure out how to put, a, put the puzzle pieces together, right? So can I take you out to coffee? Can we go out and grab a bite? Can I just call you and pick your brain? And one of my favorite things that, that I like to do with my mentors is I'll call them up and say, hey, man, what are you working on right now? Like, what's mm. your current challenge, right? Because these guys are working on bigger problems with bigger perspectives that I'm, I may not quite be there. And what I've realized at times is, shoot, I can offer advice in that arena as well, right? So I'm not putting you guys on pedestals. What I'm saying is, man, you're, you're, you got better biceps. How the heck are you doing that? Yeah, uh, man, it's, it's so good. And I think that there's something inside of us dudes that when you ask a dude that, I mean, they want to invest in somebody like when they're noticed and recognized and somebody's asking that question, they're like, yeah, I would love to help you. I would love to come alongside you. Um, so I think that, I think you probably get more dudes to say yes to that than girls go on a date with you. But uh. <laughs> and, and I think the underlying thing there is that inherently, inherently, we want to build. We want to, yes. give, we want to provide and, you know, and, and contribute. Uh, and, and we have that in us, right? So when we approach people from that, given when we extend that opportunity for somebody to give and to contribute and to man, they're, they're going to jump on it. I have yet to meet yeah. somebody who says, no, dude, I'm too busy, right? Most of the guys are like, heck yeah, call me anytime. Skyler, wide open door. Brett Moore, wide open door. Uh, you know, Joe Rizzo, wide open door. Terry Kennedy, I mean, the guy's got the biggest heart I've ever seen. As busy as he is, he's, man, shut the door. Me and you, one-on-one, -on -one, what do you need? Where are you at? And yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. It's It's really cool to be able to bring those walls down and, and be real and be human and be vulnerable, right? Because we all yeah. know we struggle as dads, dude. Like we haven't done this before. We have our, it's got its challenges. We've got our own disappointments. There's so, no way to survive without having some, some dudes to lean on without a doubt. And you have to, as a dad, man, I'll tell you this is I, I sure, I wouldn't be in the dumps, but I sure as heck wouldn't be as, as, you know, I, I guess for lack of a better way to put it, I wouldn't be as put together as I am today had I not sought out people to lean on and fall on and, and cry on and ask support for and and even to look up to and, and want to live up to, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no way, man. So I, I believe all of us could benefit from it. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That's really good. All right, so two more questions. One thing that you said as we were getting ready to go is you were talking about designing your partnership with your spouse and really creating a relationship and a foundation with your spouse to work together. Talk to me about that. How can guys, how can guys do that? How can guys be on a team with their spouse? So we don't get to pick our parents. We don't get to pick our kids, right? Mm. What can we pick? Like we've got the power to pick our partner, right? Our wife, our girlfriend, our spouse or partner, right? We have the power to choose that individual. Now, 
when we're talking about what am I rebelling against being a casual dad, being a casual uh, husband, right? Being causal. So what is the difference is we are on purpose, not by accident, but by design. I don't want to be in this mellow, wimpy, kind of wing it, hopefully it works out, hopefully it doesn't type of relationship, right? Like any little rocky road, oh, well, you go that way, I'll go this way, I'm sleeping on the couch, you you can stay in the bed, whatever, right? It's, it's no, like we have studied each other, we have asked each other, when stuff gets rough, we buckle down and say, hey, so what the heck happened? How did right. we land there and how do we pull ourselves out, right? So what I mean by uh, a, a power couple by design it's, it means that it's on purpose, right? Is, is we take the time to study one another and we ask each other those hard questions and we give ourselves the allowance to, to be able to answer them freely, right? There isn't an answer my wife could give me that would offend me because then I'm rejecting who she actually is, right? So when we, when we first started really, uh, uh, you know, we got married and, and we started designing our life, what well, we started asking ourselves, say, well, what kind of parents do we want to be? Hmm. What kind of relationship do we want this to look like? Well, you know, in other couples and other relationships I've been in, well, when I say this, somebody gets offended, so I need to go tuck my tail and run and say, hey, no, 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 put that down. That is not us. That doesn't define us. That's not how we work. That might have worked over there because your guy was wimpy. That might have worked over there because you were being a victim. That's not going to work here right? This is the kind of relationship I want to have. This is what kind of a parent I want to be. So how do we design that and make that purposeful and build each other up and sharpen each other up to live that way? So that's what I mean by, you know, being a power couple by design is you put in the work to create the type of relationship and results you want to have together as opposed to, well, the wife makes the call and I just kind of take her leave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause that happens a lot. So say I've been married 10 years and I'm, and I'm hearing you talk about, man, designing it. Man, that would have been really awesome if I would have done that 10 years ago, right? Cool. So what about doing that now? You've been just kind of passive for 10 years. What would you say is the first couple steps to sit down and say, let's design this now? What do we, where are we headed? What do we want to do? The very, 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 very first thing is you have to get clear that you want change. If you're not clear that you want change, you're going to let things slide. You're going to be non-committal to that change when it's the when that change gets hard because you already developed habits, right. right? So unless you get clear, something has to change, something has to give because it's either you're sacrificing yourself, you're being a martyr, you're being a victim, or it's the other way around is you're victimizing your spouse, right? So the very first thing you got to get clear, something's got to give. The second, I guess step would be get out of dodge right like take a trip take a road mm. trip get, yeah get, get out of your normal environment to disrupt the distractions that you have in your life right so hey and, and i've done this with my wife a couple times say babe i'm gonna lose it we need to get on a plane we need to go somewhere i don't care if it's colorado i don't care if it's tijuana i don't care if it's wherever let's go to let's go to bahamas Wh wherever uh, we caught a flight to Costa Rica from Houston. Uh, I think it was like $127 round trip, right? Off season, private beach to ourselves. And literally half the time we spent was uh, looking at each other one, you know, in the eye and saying, oh, here's my munchkins. <gasps> Hi, love bug. I love your outfit. 
What's that? Thank you so much. Hey, baby, can you say hi to my friend? How did you get here before us? Because I brought the bike. Can you say hi to my friend? Hi. Say hey, dude. Hi. Can you tell? Hey, can you tell him what's happening tomorrow? I'm gonna turn five tomorrow. What? It's your birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. That's a big deal. Send him a big besito and tell him we gotta go. So I'm catch you later, my dude. Catch you later. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, hey, give me a minute. I'm almost done, okay? Thank you. We're okay. having a movie, right? Oh, awesome. Love you, love you. That's awesome. So part of the reason why I actually wanted to book it for today uh, to catch up with you is because it's my little girl's birthday tomorrow. And uh, obviously, you can see her unicorns and her stuff in the background. Uh, my, my first little one. So you just saw uh, Becca, who's our oldest. Um, Becca is actually my niece that we adopted. Hmm. So when my wife and I first got married, we were shoot three months married. We had just come back from our honeymoon with three month honeymoon, like 12 different countries or something. And, uh, when we finally came home, we got settled in Texas and we took in, uh, we took in three kids out of those three kids. Two of them are out of the house. The youngest one is Becca. And we found out we were expecting our first. So we went from wow. zero kids to four overnight. It was insane. So Becca's the oldest. Uh, my first, uh, our first little one, uh, Jane is getting ready to turn five, which is why I thought it would have been cool to do it right on her yeah. birthday. And, uh, and then our little, our little one, uh, Kate. So going so back man, to that's good. Yeah. So we're just talking about the opportunity you have to design, you know, you don't have to just look like your neighbors or look like everybody else. Like you can sit down and design the marriage and relationship that you want. So you were given some cool tools, you know, one change. And then two, you said, get out of Dodge, get out of Dodge. So get, get rid of the distractions of yep. your normal every single day. Right. Oh, we get up, we do the laundry. We see the trash guy go to work. You know, we've got our parents on one side, our in-laws on the other. We got our friends that are pressuring us that, Hey, this is what you should be. We're getting advice from all sorts of places. We didn't even ask for it. Right. So I believe the very first step is you got to break out of your normal environment and just literally sit across from each other in a hotel room at a beach at a whatever, and just say, all right, forget where we've been. It's mm -hmm. been awesome. It's been stressful. It sucked. It's been great. Where do we want to go from here? Right? Like, what do we, what, what is some cool stuff we want to do? Who are some cool people that we want to help? What are the differences that we want to make? And you literally, nothing is off the board. Yep. Right? Man, I think it's good. And because I, I, I think that I've been sort of in a little bit of a transition like that um, just recently. And I think it's good. It's, it's, it doesn't happen overnight, right? It's a process. And, and I think being okay with if you sit down for an hour and talk, it's not going to be that one hour. It's going to be a few conversations, a few months, a few continuing to be open about where you want things to go. And I think what a great, that's all of life, right? That's what we should be doing with our whole life is having real conversations and not just be always just in a routine, right? There's seasons for that. But the opportunity we have to design the life that we want is pretty cool, man. That's why I love rebel and create, right? Yeah. Rebel against the status quo. And then when something becomes mediocre or status quo again, rebel again, but not just, not rebel like let's get a divorce and just tear things apart, but what are we going to create? Let's go tear things up between the two of us and then go create something new together. Yeah. Rebel against the mediocrity and the routine yeah. and the staleness and go out and create an amazing life. Right. Like yep. 
like I've got this saying, um, it kind of stuck. A lot of our friends know, know, uh, know us as a result of this little saying, but I always say, you know, people say, uh, what is the cool wife, cool life or whatever. I, my wife is rad. I mean, she is something else. So I always say hashtag rad wife, rad life, right? She's like like the raddest lady I've ever met. And we, I've done the most epic things in my life as a result of my relationship with her. So where this comes from, and, and, and this has been the cycle of our relationship is rebel and create exactly like what you're talking about is rebel against the status quo, re- rebel against routine. And I know plenty of husbands and wives where the wives have basically chopped the husband's stuff off and they, they keep them in their purse. And a guy ha- doesn't have a voice in his relationship anymore. It's all, I, I'm, I'm supposed to make my wife happy and she gets what she wants all the time and I'm just here to support her. Yeah, but man, you got to you got to get missing out. You got to get those puppies back, and you got to be able to have a voice, and you've got to be celebrated as well, and you've got to be honored as well, and you've got to, yep. you know, all that good stuff. So then, you know, it leads me into that last little step is, you know, get clear that you want some change, get out of dodge, right, and then create, uh, you know, a dream board together, mm. right. Do one individually. What do you want? What does what does she want? And then what do you guys want together? Yeah. Right. And put that someplace where it's a constant reminder that could become a sore reminder, right? Like it's the funniest thing you see my in, in my my master bedroom across from from our bed. Uh, my wife has her vision board, her dream board. Next to hers is mine, right? And they are polar opposites. Yeah. Like my wife's is just completely jam packed. The shopping, the friends, the vacation, the public speaker. The, the what do you see on mine? I've got like five things on mine: Harley, restaurant. I want to open a restaurant. Uh, my guys, my kids, and you know, I want to take this epic trip somewhere to go out and give back. Right? There's like five things on my vision board, so completely polar opposite. And then what's sitting right in between is the stuff that we want to do together as a family. So then I have an opportunity to support her in leaving and having a girl's trip. She can support me riding my bike cross country. And then somewhere in the middle between all that stuff, we get to do something epic together, right? So put all that stuff that you agree on that says, hey, this is how I film. You want me to be a better husband? You want me to be a better father? This is how I need to fill myself up. So I have the confidence, the happiness, the fulfillment that I can pour all that. When my cup runneth over, I'm going to come out and spill all that stuff all over the kids, all over you, all over my relationship and my family. That's dope, dude. Self up. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. So good. So good. So much rich stuff in this conversation. Well, this leads me to my last question. It's about legacy. And again, it's not about money, but it's about... It's about your day in, day out actions. So 30 years from now, you're standing on the street and you're peering into the windows of your children and you see the way that they're living their lives, the way they're interacting with their spouses, with their kids, with their community. What is it that you see that they might not say, dad showed us this, but you know that your hard decisions, your hard, you know, the things you struggle through, you're seeing it play out in their lives. What do you see? Uh, to sum it up, brother, I think it just comes down to three things. And this is, I believe, I believe what was given to me, hmm. right? which is above anything else, first and foremost, it's faith, right? It's having a testimony. Everything, everything is there. 
Everything derives from that, right? Okay, I'll be right down. Okay, close the door, please. All right, so uh, legacy. One is faith. Faith. Faith is number one, right? Everything, everything comes from faith. There is no lack. Everything is there. Love, guts, grit, bravery, integrity, everything is in your faith, right? So first one would be faith, absolutely. Uh, second would be family. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so what I mean by that is make your family the center of everything. Like I tell my wife all the time, I'm excited for my kids to be at every every, st- every stage, every age. I'm excited to travel with them. Like I'm excited to goof off with them. I'm excited yeah. to eat meals with them internationally. Like, like I'm so ecstatic about being best friends with my kids and how close they are, right? Um, by families making, making that the center of your world. Right. Love it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so faith, family, and, um, and the last one would be probably Liberty. Right. And by Liberty, what I mean is, is rebel, uh, the status quo and create the life of your dreams. And that's when, when you realize, you know, we we're talking earlier about breaking free from that poverty mentality. It's not possible. I'm not deserving. I'm not capable. I can't make it happen. It's too hard. Once you break free from that, or once I broke free from that poverty mentality, liberty was right behind that, right? The liberty to create a dream life, to create results, to create happiness, to create intimacy, to create uh, you know, phenomenal friendships with other dads and other families and other. So the, the liberty is where it comes back to where you have the freedom to create your dream life. Hmm. So good, man. Rob Key, I've so enjoyed our conversation on fatherhood, man. Keep doing what you were doing. I mean, just hearing you even talk to your kiddos, right? The way that you love and serve your family, the way that you're also I kind of hate the true to yourself statement. It sounds so just, I don't know, hipster talk, but you know that you still ride in your Harley. You're still being you and you're not, you're, you're giving yourself to your kids of who you are. You're, you're progressing and you're growing, but you're still being yourself. And that's who our kids need. Like your kids don't need me. My kids don't need you. Your kids need Rob key, you know? So dude, I just keep being that intentional husband, dad, friend, and inspiring the world around you. And thanks for sharing your life uh, with us on the fatherhood field notes. Thank you so much, brother. I, I am grateful for the opportunity to be here and I'm grateful to know you and to be a part of this entire thing. And, and I can't, I can't commend you enough, brother. Uh, there's definitely been a lot of times in my life where I've needed guys like you in my corner and a network like this in, in my corner and your podcast and everything that all the rest of the dads are sharing on this thing. So brother, I'll tell you, um, I'm grateful for who you are and what you're standing for and, and you know, everything you're giving back to dads. Cause brother, I'll tell you, I've been in places and I'm sure it's not the last time where, where I, I needed to really reach out and, and be a part of something like this. So keep doing what you're doing, brother. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all the rest of the dads that keep going out there and pumping and sweating and make it work. And, uh, you know, we're all here and we're in it together. So thank you so right much on, for having man. me. Man, that was incredible. I just love talking to good dads. I enjoy the conversation. You know, one of the things that keeps coming up is mentorship, you know, just how important it is to have mentors in your life and that you're mentoring people. So I encourage you go find a mentor. 
you know, and then the conversation around designing the life that you want, like just sit down, have a conversation with your spouse. If you're married, sit down and think, what kind of father do I want to be? What kind of husband do I want to be? What, what kind of relationship do I want with my kids? Sit down, think about it, write it out, and then just start taking action on it. Oh, solid. And we all have the opportunity to do that. Hey, every Monday I put out the Fatherhood Field Notes podcast interviewing great dads. So if you know of any great dads you think I should interview, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear about it. Ned at rebelandcreate.com. If you're interested in a shorter podcast, I put out one every Friday. It falls in the same place, Rebel and Create, but it's Craft of Fatherhood. And I just discuss a question or an idea around fatherhood. Hey, I have a goal to get a hundred reviews on iTunes by my 100th podcast, which is just weeks away. So if you could take a minute and write a review, it'd be greatly appreciated. I put a ton of work into this because it really matters for future generations. So take a minute, help me out. That would be fantastic. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. Talk to you next time. Thank you.